You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Are you ready to talk Padres baseball? We've got you covered. Today, the Padres have hit the road and start with their first of three at Wrigley against the Cubs. And as such, our host, Mike Janella is awed to be in the presence of a former Cub. Scan, you look gorgeous. And along with being gorgeous, Bob Scanlon was also quite the player back in his playing days. Saw this cute girl in the crowd, right? You got a baseball. You wrote your phone number on it. And you said, hi, you're, you're our princess of the game. Flipped it over. Flipped it over to her. And then she'd be like, "Home, oh, smooth. You're locked in. And rounding out the crew is another ball player of some former fashion, apparently, Brady Phelps. I like how when you ask your question before you go, you know, us ball players with our beards. <laughs> I, 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 like I, I think I said we or something. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, we ball players. <laughs> <laughs> and he's probably like, oh, yeah, you're a ball player, huh, bro? Uh, now, coming to you from the AMR studio inside the Western Metal Supply Company building, it's Padre Socialize. With your hosts, Mike Janella, Bob Scanlon, and Brady Phelps. Happy Monday! Welcome to Padres Social Hour. The team is out in Chicago, Bob's old stomping grounds, but we are here in San Diego. Yeah, yeah. We've got the good time gang back. Brady and Bob, uh, loving yeah. these two guys are paired up here with me. We have a good time, yes, don't we, Brady? We do have a good time. I realize that every time your sound clips, regardless of if I'm on the show or not, is always from one of my shows when really? you do the intros. Well, all the good stuff comes out of your shows, We're that man. Good. All right, you guys just you bring it out of each other. It's like Magic nice. and Larry. Not all the good stuff. All I don't know if you heard that uh, Chicago accent. Let's that see that the That's the extent of my Chicago accent, yeah, I promise. The other night. 95% of our shows are put aside. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's yeah. all right. We give no. them a solid 5%. <laughs> now we're taking uh, we're taking it right up to first pitch, basically. It's a 505 first pitch uh, here at West Coast time as the Padres take on the red hot Cubs. And yeah, we're taking you we're taking you right up to it. So Red be, Hot? I mean they've only won seven straight. Yeah, only seven straight and only twenty four out of thirty yeah. and hundred and two plus run differential. No big deal. Best record in baseball. I mean, yeah. let's not get carried away. What a stretch, oh. by the way. Mets and then the Cubs back to back. Woo. Yeah, that's poor Padres. But uh, we'll see what they can do. We've got a jam-packed show today. We've got Nick Canepa is going to swing by for his weekly report card. Nice. Always a highlight of my week. He's so got a bag full of Fs over there. Back full of Fs to hand out already. Just waiting yeah, for it. Uh, it's also Tony Gwynn's birthday today. He would have been 56 today, uh, the lost legend. We'll get to uh, people have been sending us some of their favorite memories and stories of Tony from over the years. We're going to get to some of our favorites uh, a little bit later on in the show to honor him, to honor Mr. Padre. Uh, also... Not with us today is Blooper. He's, we gave him a day off. And today we have, we have the big cheese from, from Wisconsin. We got Cole <laughs> on the ones and twos. There we go. So it's Cole Cam today. Hey, Cole, good to have you. Hey, does this break the Iron Man thing for Blooper? Didn't I think so, yeah. We have to find what his actual number straight streak or was. Yeah, because yeah. he, he finally took one off. We gave him some flack for it yesterday, Mother's Day weekend, and he flies his dad out by himself on Mother's Day really? weekend. Yeah. So mom's back home. He's not worthy to take a run at Garrick. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe that's exactly. doing mom a favor. Who knows? Yeah, less time, with, the gift. Less time with Blooper. Probably a good <laughs> gift for, for Mrs. Blooper. <laughs> uh, so Seth may be back tomorrow unless Cole does a great job today. And if he does, then you know, blame Blooper yeah. for holding him back all this time. He's going to get Wally pipped? He might be. Wow. And if, if the show like goes that. terribly off the rails, blame Blooper for not setting Cole up well enough and not training him. So uh, either way, it's Seth's lose, fault. Lose however for it goes this today. is great. Yeah. It's always Seth's kind fault. host. Yeah. Never my fault. Exactly. Uh, no, never Cole's fault. Uh, make sure you join the conversation with us today, as always, using hashtag PadresSH. 
or jumping in on the chat happening at Padres.com slash social hour. All right, uh, before we get to the Cubs and the series and everything coming up, yesterday's game. In the box score goes down as a 4-3 loss, but God. there was so much more to be angry about in that game than I think any game the Padres have played this season. There was the, do you send Cashner? Do you send John Jay? There was the umpires in the replay review. There was the bases loaded with nobody out. There was giving up more hits to Mets pitching, uh, which was a theme throughout the weekend. Brady, as the, as the fan here of the three of us, because yeah. Bob and I are media professionals, yeah. and we brought you here on <laughs> set you, you to counterbalance us. Yeah. Yeah. Brady, to start the show off <laughs> right. with a uh, certain level of condescension, right. uh, we'd like you to talk <laughs> well, for once. That's as soon as you walk in the door. You should be used to it by now. I'm going to give you, as a fan, 30 seconds to rant on anything you want. What made you the angriest yesterday? I'm going to clock you. Just go, just go for it, man. I don't know. I think the cowardly fans' route is to just blame the umpires. Like, the umpires have sucked for all of eternity in baseball. And now we tried to put in this thing that's like, hey, we want you to suck less. And here's a video replay, and they see the video replay, and what looks to me like conclusive evidence that says, oh, Kashner was safe. He slid his hand in there. They still call him out. And so that is like next level frustration that angers me. However, I feel like that's kind of a coward's way out to just blame the umpires for the loss. I was far more frustrated to have bases loaded and then have a team with no outs have the inability to push a run across. Like that is, as a fan, the most frustrating thing because like these, these guys are professional ball players. Like hit a fly ball. Like that's it, hit a fly ball. Just make contact and send it to the outfield. And I know that, like, you know, us idiot fans don't know how hard it is, whatever. Listen, if you're a major league ball player, you should be able to hit a fly ball on command. You should be able to, on a hit and run, you should be able to slap it to the opposite side of the field. You should, if there's a shift and you're not a power hitter and you want to mess with them, you should be able to hit it into that gap where the shift is. And it drives me insane that players can't do that. And so that is what made me most angry. That being said, as angry as it was, I did love watching the game. Like, it was a fun <laughs> game to watch. You're getting the blood boiling there for a oh second. Oh, man, I'm so fired up. I know. I, back I, to the, I, gave I you just like love how easy this game yeah. is. You just show up and you just do it, right? I, mean, I saw you laughing balls, at me while I was saying hit, that. I'm you like, hit ground balls to the right. It's easy. It's Come simple. On. Well, that's what I was seeing. on 96-mile-an-hour fastballs on the black every time. That's what I was seeing on Twitter yesterday. It should hit him every time. Bastardo, who's one of the best left-handed relievers in the game, comes in. Watch your tongue. This is a family show. Bastardo. We're not broadcasting to Rome, I don't think, anytime soon. So that's what everyone was saying. All you got to do, put it in play, put it up in the air, drop a sacrifice, you know, drop a squeeze bunt. Bob, as someone who played this game, not as pitcher. easy. Pitcher. I would imagine. Yeah, there's a reason I was pitching. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't hit the, handle yeah. the bat well, the at hitters all, right? you've so seen. You couldn't hit it in the <laughs> outfield. I get it. From a fan's perspective, yeah, I'd be, I'd be pissed too. If base is loaded, nobody out, and you can't, you're trying to milk a stone, but it's not, it's not that simple. No, it's not. And that's the thing that I always try to remind myself now as a former player, and you always hear that all the time, you know, like, Back when I played, yada, 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 right? And yeah. I try to never forget how difficult it is to play this game. I know it looks easy out there. I know that these players make it look easy because some of these guys are so unbelievably talented. But trust me, to go out there and play at that level and to try to perform and to get it, I mean, there's a reason that these guys are at the big leagues and why 99.99% of people who play baseball never make it to that level. Exactly, though. That's it's the point. The reason the, they're there is because they're that good. They should be able to do this. But Like, I don't that expect easy. that out of little leaguers. It's not that easy. It's just not. I mean, it's like, why don't you just take a guy and throw him at first base? Well, it's not that easy to make that transition. It was easier in little league when everybody just played around and, you know, you could hit the ball. But when, when you're training something day after day after day to do something at a certain level and, and, and a certain speed, 
Now you're asking guys to start doing things differently. Look, I get it. We, we need to get the bunt down. You train to try to get the ball in play. But the other guy's trying to beat you also. I mean, like you said, the star, though, is nasty, all right? I, I had to remind myself of that. I'm throwing the ball 96 miles an hour, and guys are hitting it, and I'd be all pissed off. And i got to remind myself, look, those guys are trying to beat me also. And, and the game is just not that easy. I'm glad the fans think that it is, <laughs> and, and that, that's <laughs> fine. But, I, but as an as a analyst now, as a former player, I have to Pop constantly up. remind myself that it's not as easy as we all would like to think that it is. And then I saw some people, again, really simplifying it, and I think erroneously saying... Erroneous! 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 Uh, they were saying, oh, in that situation, as the Padres, as the heavily underdog team... You shouldn't be playing for the big inning. You're down by one. Just play for the tie. As if it's that easy to say, you know what, no outs. Let me just lift the ball for a sack fly. A, no. I think when you're that much of an underdog, you go for the big inning. You don't get bases loaded, zero outs every time. I don't think with no one out, with no one out, you change your approach, get Hold less on. aggressive. Hold on. Are you Am suggesting? Are you suggesting? So I apparently made the ridiculous suggestion that a major league ball player should be able to hit a fly ball on command. On command. What you're suggesting <laughs> is that a ball player, if they are hitting a fly hit ball a on command, gap, they, gap or they, on they command. have the yeah. ability to hit it in the gap. or the, like, Exactly. No, you're nuts no, now. No, I'm saying people were saying, and I get it with one or two outs, maybe you change your approach, you get more defensive, you're aiming I, to just I not put the ball the in play. Making, but yeah, people but hit were, a fly ball and hope it gets a gapper, and if it doesn't, then great. You hit it deep enough to score a run. Like, you like play to get runs. I don't think that oh, let's hold off on hitting fly balls because we don't want that one run. We want to hit a, you know, line drive through the the hole that they've created with a shift or something. Like I I don't I think you I play to a, score. I don't think you play to score just the one run just to get one across. You know, you don't small ball with bases loaded as difficult as that may be. But it's also not that easy, as, as you said, Bob. No, I'm with you on that I, side. And this situation, I'm playing for the tie. But this whole discussion it actually goes back to this great debate that I saw in, in Philly's minor league camp one time where they were talking about these situations, run around third base, nobody out. And they bring Mike Schmidt in to talk to these kids. And, and the, the director of the minor leagues, Mike, come on and tell these kids, teach them how to hit the fly ball with a run around third base. And Mike says, well, actually, to tell you the truth, that's not what I'm thinking at all. Uh, no, no, I'm talking about the runner on third base and nobody out, Mike. Talk to the kids about how you hit the fly ball. He's like, I'm not thinking about that at all. What I'm trying to do is get on top of the ball, hit a hard ground ball up the middle. Good things are going to happen. First of all, I'm using the entire field. If I get the ball hard on the ground up the middle, the run is probably going to score. If I happen to get underneath it, I'm going to get some backspin and get a fly ball. So really, I mean, there's the whole approach of what you're trying to do with a runner on third base is even debated amongst baseball people, not just amongst us right here. But in that situation, I can't think about the beginning, especially against the back end of the bullpen. I just need to try to survive. I want to try to get a run across. Interesting. All yeah. right. So I, so I, I just different you on that. By the way, I had no problem with, with Hoffy holding that guy up in that situation. Holding John Jay up? Yeah. I know it's a, it's a big debate, and people are saying you got to send yes, him. So both of them, Cashner and Jay, what would you have done in that situation? Look, to win a game, i got to send Cash because you forced them to, to make the relay absolutely perfect, and Cash was still safe because they screwed up the instant replay. Because can we acknowledge that instant replay is just a bunch of crap? Can we say that at yeah, this point? I think It's so. ridiculous. If it's you're not getting the call absurd. right, what's the point of it? it right. Exactly. And we're, they didn't say that it was inconclusive evidence yesterday. No, they, they said, said they he they got said the tag right. in before. So until they figure out that they got the system in New York wrong where you need to have a former player, a former umpire, and somebody from MLB rules office so that you've got three people actually looking at it instead of right, just one umpire it's, trying it's to protect their his buddies. Exactly. exactly. This, this whole system is a joke. So that, that's, but that's beside the point. I got to send Casher there, force them to make the play. I wish you wouldn't slide head first. It's okay to slide with your feet there, Cash, so you don't rip your fingers apart. So I want to know about like because there are a couple plays that I see in baseball. One, pitchers sliding head first into any bag or plate. 
and runners sliding headfirst into first. Those two plays drive me nuts, and so, gosh, she's so safe. Yeah, we're watching the no replay back now, and Ugh. I mean, everyone here on the video board, even Andy Green saying afterward, and he's usually one to not really be committal on controversial stuff. Even he said yesterday, yeah. from the looks we got, they must have seen something else because right. it looked pretty safe to us. Yeah, I like the theory that he was hover planing his hand over the plate and hover planing. I like that new word just made up. Actually, touch it. Would you have sent Jay and or Kashner? Uh, what I would think, you have done? I think that Kashner, I would not have sent, and I hesitate to say that because I heard Andy Green say it was absolutely the right decision of Glenn Hoffman to make, and I hate disagreeing with why my, would you, why my would best you friend, Andy him? Green. I wouldn't have sent him because, one, he's been laboring for five innings, and he was laboring hard out there as he's done the last few starts. Settled down eventually. Well, he didn't really get a chance to completely settle down in this game because he got yanked after apparently pulling a hammy, running the bases. But I wouldn't have sent him because, one, I wouldn't have been confident that he would be able to go first all the way home. And two, I think it would it obviously was a close play at the plate. It was going to be, and you're putting your starting pitcher on a roster that has starting pitchers dropping like flies. You're putting him in a position to possibly get hurt on a slide at home, and that's why I didn't like. For it. me, one of the things that Andrew Casher brings to the table as a as a starting pitcher is the fact that he has some athleticism, and you can send him in those situations. Again, I hate seeing him slide head first. But I have no problem forcing them to make a perfect play. He was still safe. And like you were saying, he's already laboring. I already know I'm going to my bullpen. I'm not looking to get seven innings out of Andrew Cash. Oh, yeah. and for better to the spin zone. And That's for better or worse, he's the kind of guy that lets those parts of the game affect his pitching. I think when he's doing well on the base pads or being aggressive with the bat, he tends to pitch better uh, from what he, I've he seen. So play. I love – listen, Cashner, he drives me nuts when he's on the mound because he's so good at – his stuff is so good, and yet – I don't know if it's mental or I don't know what it is, but there's something going on with Kashner where he can't, hasn't been able to get it all together lately, especially not early in games. And I agree that his athleticism is awesome. And that's what you hear on, you know, the coaching staff and, and even the media. Everyone talks about it. Man, he's so athletic. And he is. I mean, you saw him get up there and he could have just swung away and he threw down the bunt and beat out the throw. Like, it's awesome. And, and I agree. From Glenn Hoffman's point of view, he sees, hey, this is the one pitcher that maybe I can send because right. he's this athletic. But guess what? He was wrong because he hurt himself running the bases. So, you know, like they, maybe are they relying too heavily on this athleticism card with, with Kashner and, and forgetting he's a pitcher. He's a guy that puts on one of these starter jackets when he stands at second, you know, like he's – Pitchers are pansies, he, he's, man. He's a, he's a baseball player, <laughs> all right? He's expected to go out there and play baseball. You, you swing the bat, you field your position, and you run the bases. We've got to take us a video for your next show of Scanlon on the bases. I want to see your running style. Oh, you ever seen a draft try to, try that to run the bases? very similar. I've seen Philip Rivers yeah. scramble uh, for a first down. The good news is that Andrew Kashner, Andy Green, said today will not miss his next start, yeah. at least not for the hamstrings. It was precautionary, and he should be okay. But, yeah, a scary moment yesterday. Uh, when Glenn Hoffman did send them. So uh, let us know which of the two you would have sent or which you would have held back. Uh, again, hashtag PadresSH is where to do it. A reminder, though, that coming back when the Padres have their next homestand, you can shake, sip, and stir at Padres Cocktail Fest, presented by Southwest Airlines and supported by Las Vegas. Stroll down to Petco Park on Friday, May 20th, before the Padres take on the Dodgers at 740 and sample handcrafted cocktails from your favorite San Diego restaurants and bars. Tickets at Padres.com slash party. We've got these great uh, Tony Gwynn tweets coming in for his, uh, what would have been his 56th birthday today. We'll get to some of those. And also, uh, a little bit of trouble I got into on Twitter with the fans yesterday. Brady. Again? Yeah, it's my, my MO now, guys. We'll get all into that when we get back to Padre Social Hour right after this.
We're not going anywhere, so you shouldn't either. We'll be back with more Padres talk right after this. Coming to you from the AMR studio, this is Padres Social Hour. Before every game, get your Padres talk on with us. This is Padres Social Hour. We're sitting nice and cozy in the AMR studio here at Petco Park. A beautiful day in San Diego. The Padres are in Chicago where it's supposed to dip down to the 40s and rain in the middle of the game tonight. I think a 100% chance of rain right around what would be the sixth inning or so. So that should be fun to watch as we enjoy yeah. our nice moderate climate here uh, in sunny San Diego. So that's going to be good. Um, all right. We're going to put a little, a little bow in y on yesterday's game because I want to I put you guys in the Cholula hot seat now. And basically the hot seat was where I was on Twitter yesterday. So I'm hoping that you come and, and realize and kind of empathize with what was going on with me. So after it's hard to empathize with you, I'm not yeah, going to lie. I know, it's difficult. Uh, after the eighth inning, there was the bases loaded, nobody out, and they get nothing from it, and the Padres end up losing that game 4-3. to three. I, And everyone at that point, mass exodus, just flooding to the gates to head home. And I tweeted out, and I think a lot of people on Twitter just assume everything now is sarcastic or trolling. I legitimately was asking, why are people, so many people leaving? It's still a one-run game. There's still an inning to go. Yeah. This is the NL pennant winning team. You've got them not on the ropes. The win expectancy for the Padres after stranding the bases loaded goes through the basement. But it's a one-run game. It's a Sunday afternoon. There's still a chance here, albeit a little one. But why, why leave at that point? Why not stay and see on the off chance that they can get something going? If the Mets come back in the top of the ninth, score two more runs, or tack on even one and you want to go, I get it. But why not stay around? And check it out. Grumpy and fan? What? So you are okay with fans leaving, just not when you've deemed it to be a close enough game to stay? Is that what you're saying? It's a one-run game. How I much closer it? can it get? Why, why come to the game? It can't get closer. I mean, it could be <laughs> a could tie be game, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it can. There, I immediately <laughs> contradicted. Right, exactly. Debated my own face off. Um, what, but what you're saying is that you are okay with fans, in theory, leaving early for games, just not this game with the one-run game. Typically, if you're going to leave early, it's because, all right, this is, you know, a t it's a blowout or, you know, we know what's going to happen. And that was the Padre fan base reaction to me was, well, we know what's going to happen. That was our chance. We blew it. We've been doing this for 50 years. The ninth inning is just not going to go our way. And I get that. And everyone kept it saying. It doesn't sound like you get it. <laughs> no, well, that's that's the thing about me too. I am constantly optimistic. I you am. Grew up in a different different sports town, though. Also, so, you know, I grew up in Los Angeles, where people show up to the stadium in the third inning, right? Yeah. They leave in the seventh. Yeah. They're talking on their cell phone for the four innings yeah. that they're actually there, right? So yeah. that's kind of what I grew so up. So regardless watching. of game situation, you it's just you're kind of well. I got used to apathetic. seeing that, but then for me personally, I never understood it. I'm I'm with you, Mike, because I actually feel guilty if I'm sitting there watching a game on TV, even leaving it early. Yeah. I mean, I am there for the full nine. I want to see everything that's going on. Granted, I get it. You got to get the kids home. It's late. You got a blowout type situation. But other than that, I don't get why people are leaving in the eighth inning because that's really when the most exciting stuff starts to happen. And I always crack up when you see people vacating and you see the parking lot empty, and then all of a sudden something exciting happens. Yeah. The most exciting moment of the game takes place in the ninth, and you see the cars stopping in the parking lot. <laughs> and people right, turn and they're and racing and, like, and turning back around yeah, to come back into the stadium. You've invested two and a half hours at that point, and now you're missing the, the great finale. Yeah, and, and that happens rarely, but the so reason you, you stay is to, for those heat? times when it happens. I don't get why you were taking heat for well, that. Well, I got a lot of you must be new here, which if I hear that one more time, oh. I'm new here, yes, but I'm not new to sports. I'm not new to heartbreak. I didn't root for the Yankees and the Cowboys and the Bulls growing up. 
I know what that's like. But again, maybe I'm just a little more glass half full than most people. Sounds like you're new here to me. Hey, you but know what? <laughs> if you're new here, then that's a good thing. Bring your passion for this ball club and bring your passion for the game and your, your ex expectation excitement about something happening. Keep it here. Maybe it'll spread because obviously we need some more of I it. I mean, the odds were slim. You have Familia coming in. But on that off chance that it happens, you're going to say you missed that? Right. Yeah. I think a lot of people are going to say <laughs> I think the people who are watching this show are probably more of our diehard fan base for the Padres, right? Because if you're watching a pregame show, then you're, you're probably more of a diehard fan than just your casual fan. When people show up to games, like, it's an event. It's, like, it's a fun thing to do maybe with a family. When I was uh, single and without kids, there's no chance that I was leaving a game early because I grew up a diehard baseball fan, and so I always wanted to stay, stick it out, see what happens. Even if it was a blowout, it didn't matter. I wanted to be here. But when I got kids and when I got married, like, if it's a blowout and maybe my wife is like, hey, can we go home? I'll, uh, sure, I don't care. You know, and 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 now as a parent, if I'm if you bring your kids, I mean, I think there are like a billion reasons why Padre fans would want to leave early. That maybe the diehard fan who is someone who's maybe watching us, or someone who would I don't know develop into being a ball player or being a host of a show, wouldn't necessarily comprehend. Because sometimes it's like, hey, I don't want to wait in the line at the whatever the hot bar is out town. You know, like I don't want to go to Bob's and have to wait 20 minutes to get in after the game. I want to like <laughs> at the hot bar in town. Bob's. Like, speaking of the kids, my Bob's, kids would last. Oh, wow. Bob, sorry, yeah. you, you must be new here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my kids would last about four innings at a ball game when they were younger. Right. You know, how long does it take to eat a cotton candy, a Dippin' Dots, a Coke, and, a, and Half a hot dog. Boom. <laughs> We're done, Dad. Let's go home. Right. But I can tell you from a player's perspective, sometimes you see that happening. And as a player, you know something else is going on. In other words, seventh inning, you see fans start to leave eighth inning, and you're thinking to yourself, you know what? I know that their closer has pitched four out of the last six. I know that they're going to come in with somebody else. I know that there's more to this baseball game. And you kind of watch the fans leaving, and you're thinking to yourself, they're going to miss the best part. Because oftentimes as a player, you're sitting in the dugout and you have a sense of something that's happening, the momentum that's about to take place or the matchups that are going to take place right. here at the end of the ball game, and you know something special is going to happen and all these people leaving, man, you're going to miss out on and it. And that's a good mentality to have because next time then maybe they won't leave. You know, like I love yeah. the idea of everybody staying the entire time, but if you're going to pay for a ticket to come and watch a game, you can leave whenever the heck you want. Like it doesn't That's been a theme on this show all season. Do whatever you want. If you want to do the wave, if you want to leave early, and I get that, but yesterday... Sunday afternoon, it was a nice day. It's a one-run game. You've been there already all eight innings. Well, let me ask you this. Why I mean, you, you've been there. How about the fans that get upset at other fans for being too loud at a baseball game? What's that all about? Uh, that's you actually a stance I took the other day. I like it when it calls for it in the moments, but when it's uh, like nobody on, two outs in the third, and you're banging a drum, let me relax. No, Save seven, it for the Seventh the inning, the, the bases moments. are loaded, and, and uh, you got a pitcher on the mound, and he gets out of it. I mean, it's that okay to crazy. stand up and yeah. cheer and have yeah. a good yeah. time yeah. and yell and scream. Just keep the cursing and bad words oh, no, until no, they no get to so you don't, like, yeah. you know, mess with families. But it sounds like, Janelle, you belong in the press box, whether you don't cheer. That's, that's a good, <laughs> good spot for you to be. Ouch. Uh, don't forget who lets you come back on this couch every It is the library of the stadium, isn't it? Up in the press box. You're not allowed to cheer. You're not allowed to say anything. Yeah, it's a weird experience to watch a game up there. Um, all right, so that's the Cholula Hot Seat. Make sure to uncap real flavor with Cholula Hot Sauce, the hot sauce with the iconic wooden cap, and the official hot sauce of the San Diego Padres. Uh, tweets coming in now. Uh, everyone uh, seems to be on my side, which I like. Uh, Friar Gal says she always keeps her butt in the seat till the end. Big Ahi, I never leave a game before the last out. Nice. Uh, East Village, same fans that leave earlier, the ones who complain about every little thing. Sounds but like they're agreeing think, with me. I think that to the your point, the people who are watching are, yeah, are hardcore <laughs> fans. Maybe not the exact uh, demographic we want to maybe have this conversation with. but That's okay. Um, yeah. As long as they're not putting ketchup on their cheese steaks, it's all good. <laughs> oh, By the way, so I put on, I put on my, um, to my family, I sent out all uh, to my family the link from my mom on the show yesterday. 
turns out she's the one who got me ketchup on cheesesteak when I was younger. That's where it all started. That's where it all started. And all my family wrote back, that's so normal. I do that too. All those crazy people that are telling you that's wrong, they're the ones that are wrong. So it's just, it was the environment I'm G a product Janella's of. Janela's versus the world. Exactly. Yeah. What yeah. was the final poll? Like 92%? <laughs> yeah. It was like 85 was to yeah. 15 And I actually yeah. voted like for being able to put whatever you want because I, I don't like the idea that people can tell me what I can put. And I said do whatever you exactly. want. Just keep it behind closed doors. We don't need to hear about it. So I like it. We don't need to hear about your ketchup <laughs> yeah, ways, whatever you, weirdo. You, yeah, Bob is like, eat your cheesesteak in the bedroom. Just <laughs> yeah. keep it there. You know, <laughs> Why? What else do you do with your ketchup? <laughs> keep that to yourself, kid. Um, we have some tweets also coming in. As we mentioned, Tony Gwynn, it would have been his 56th birthday today. Um, and a couple of great ones. You know, Tony took the time to give my son's whole T-ball team signed baseballs. That's from Beth Higgins. Uh, East Village Times saying they loved his laugh and the twinkle in his eyes. Uh, Dan at Dancing Friar, he always called me Friar, whether I was in my robe or not, uh, no matter where he saw him around town. Uh, one of my favorites here from It's Diz. I once had to sign in at the Padres' front offices. Tony had signed in on the sheet right above me. Wish I had taken it. <laughs> and our friend Ben Higgins, friend of the show, tweeted at him saying, the fact Tony Gwynn felt he needed to sign in at the Padres' front office <laughs> tells you everything you need to know about the kind of guy Tony was. Right. You grew up watching your whole life. Yeah, it would have been him. amazing any, if any, any Tony could have walked in and just been played the, like, like, if anybody could in San Diego play the do you know who I am card and have people not attack him for right. it, it's Tony it was Gwynn. Him. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, obviously, this is what I love about Tony Gwynn is – is that whenever people talk about how great of a ball player he was, they talk about how he was an even better person. And always taking the time, always making the time. I had multiple opportunities to meet Tony Gwynn. And now, I mean, looking back, obviously I didn't know that we would lose Tony as young as we did. Like you said, today would have been his 56th birthday. But I always – I have n no problem going up to, you know, famous people or athletes or celebrities and making a fool of myself, immediately introducing myself – but for some reason with Tony, I felt like I didn't want to bother him. Like he was th – there was almost this larger-than-life figure, even larger than celebrity life, larger than Hall of Fame life that he stood up on this pedestal. And I just – I didn't want to bother him. Like I, it was like – I don't know if I was scared to do it or, or intimidated by him or what it was, but I just he, – he was so special that I, I didn't want to – I just didn't want to bother the guy. Um, but I love, man, I, I have a lot of stories when he, when he did pass. I know a lot of people sent lob shots, a bunch of stories about their interactions with him and how he would take the time to go out of his way. And even when, you know, maybe player personnel would pull him away, hey, it's time to stop signing, he would turn around and say, I need another minute. You know, these people have been waiting here for 45 minutes trying to get. And, and it's not about the people with a stack of baseball cards that are looking to go sell on eBay. It's about, you know, the little kid who's finally at a baseball game for the first time and able to meet Tony Gwynn and has a picture or something to sign. And those are the special memories that I, I love hearing about. You, you know? know, I got a chance to see both sides of him, the great player and the great person like you were describing. First of all, the great player, obviously. We all knew what he was capable of doing with a bat in his hand. And to put an exclamation point on it for me, we were having my first series against the Padres, and we're in our pitchers meeting. And for, you know, Greg Maddox was always the guy that had the answer for everybody. I mean, they'd come in with a pitching report, and the, Greg would slice and dice it and say, well, this is really how you had to pitch this guy, and this is how you pitch that guy. And, oh, yeah, that, you know, he, he, had, yeah. he knew more than the scouting reports oh, yeah. all the time. There was only one player in the two years that I was with Greg that he did not have an answer for how to get him out, and that was Tony Gwynn. And they said, you know, Mad Dog, you got any ideas on how to get Gwynny out? And he just said, nope. 
just <laughs> throw it down the middle and hope he hits it at somebody. And so that, that put into perspective just how great he was. It was a, a, a memorable moment to actually face him on the field. I remember him standing in the batter's box, and he had those Oakley shades on. He was actually one of the first guys to wear the Oakley sunglasses. And I remember him digging into the batter's box. And then later on, I got a chance to meet him. When I was a free agent, I came and worked out the offseason uh, at, the, at the Padres weight room one time, and Tony Gwynn walked in. And, and I didn't expect him to acknowledge me at all. As, as an opposing pitcher, a lot of guys don't want to talk to pitchers, and pitchers don't want to talk to hitters. But he saw me, and he right away, Scan, how's it going, man? How's that sinker doing? Where, where are you going to play this year? You know, I don't know, Tony. You know, maybe here with the Padres. Oh, we'd love to have you here. So, That's right so away, cool. I was just like, Wow, That's great. this guy is just an amazing so person. Cool. And he was like that the entire time I knew him. No matter what the situation, no matter how stressed he might have been over things, even when he was battling his his medical issues, yeah. he never changed in terms of being that ingratiating person. And I hope Padre fans appreciate what a special man they had, both on and off the field. Uh, I think everyone has. He's one of the, I mean, universally beloved Padres fans and non-Padres fans alike. Growing up in New York, he was one guy that I loved. And that chase for 494, I was nine years old. I thought nobody would ever do that. And here's this guy who doesn't look like a Speaking of 94, that is the highlight that we've been watching on the TV, right? Was um, not this one right now. This is obviously the hit, but the highlight, the 94, when he came in and went jumping and went wild. And he said it's the first time he could remember acting like a little kid. You right. Know? You know, it was cool there yeah. about that picture, too. He gives a hug to the umpire there because he and that umpire were actually teammates at San Diego State together. Well, yeah. I mean, he was, yeah, that kind of guy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it would have been a happy 56th birthday, Tony Gwynn. Uh, everybody, Padres Nation, thinking about you. One of the greats, not just here, but all time, anywhere yeah. yep. to do it. Uh, we're going to come back, and we're going to have Nick Canepa swing by. I'm sure he's got some good Tony Gwynn stories. He also has his report card. But first... Congrats to the class of 2016. The Padres invite you and your family to class of 2016 night and encourage you to wear your school colors on Thursday, May 19th when the Padres take on the Giants at 610. Get a special theme game ticket package and receive a Padres hat with graduation tassel. Tickets at Padres.com slash theme games. Again, the Nick Canepa. Love great. the tassels. It's Nick Canepa coming cool. back. We're, we're back on Social Hour right after this. Your home for everything Padres before every game all season long. More of Padres Social Hour continues right after this. You want to talk Padres? Lucky for you, we're doing exactly that. This is Padres Social Hour from the AMR studio inside Petco Park. Gotta have it. We've got everybody's favorite teacher in the house. It's Monday, so you know what that means. Time for Nick Canepa's. Report card. Professor Canapa yeah, in the house. He's here. How's it going? Nice seeing you again. Yeah, it's good to be seen. <laughs> yeah, especially here on Padres Social Hour. Uh, brought to us, as always, by Pacifico. Uh, before we get to the grades, you've been around as long as anybody in this town. Any particular Tony Gwynn story on this, what would have been his oh 56th God. birthday? I, there's hundreds. Of, I mean, I, I, I literally talked to Tony hundreds of times. I, I was saying earlier, I, I never went to a game that I was working that I didn't didn't talk to Tony before the game. I mean, it just it was an automatic thing. I'd, I'd known him from the first day he stepped on campus at San Diego State on a basketball scholarship. Tony did not play. The basketball coach, Tim Vesey, wouldn't allow him to play baseball his, his freshman year. And, uh, and Tony, and Tony I, still holds the all-time San Diego State assist record. Yep. And I covered the Clippers in 1981-82 when they drafted Tony, and t- basketball was Tony's first love, and and uh, and he, you know, he obviously made the right choice. Yeah, I think baseball <laughs> worked out okay. But I'm telling you, I 
he started, he would have started on that Clipper team, and he might have led the league in assists. Nick, when did, when did you realize he was going to be a Hall of Fame caliber baseball player? Because you saw him from the beginning. Yeah, I mean, you know, Tony didn't play much baseball in college. I mean, he'd, he'd come out after basketball season and play. And back then, Jim Dietz was playing 150. Base- These guys were playing like 80 games. <laughs> and, and, and Tony was, you know, Tony was good, but if he was that good. He wouldn't have been drafted in the third round. He wasn't a good outfielder. You know that. I mean, he, he, came, out of, he came out of college not being a very good outfielder, and he made himself – into a, into a go Glover, um, but I think it was an '84. I think I mean he almost could hit, but I think an '84. Right. Really, his coming out party yeah. of a season. Yeah. Um, uh, no, he'll he'll always be Mr. Padre uh, to anybody, and especially. No, no, he like told me. I, you know, I asked him. I, I asked him. I'd ask him crazy things all the time. So what you hit? What would you hit in course? He said four four hundred. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or with, with the shift that you love so much today, he might have hit eight fifty. And out he was there. convinced, absolutely convinced, that he would hit four hundred that year in ninety four. He was convinced. Yeah. Well, he turned it on in that second half. But all do, right. So let's get to. I want to get to today's well, uh, report I was just card. Say, you remember yeah. the debates that he and Ted Williams would have about having to hit for more power? And, and Tony could hit for power when he, he wanted to. I mean, people take that for granted. Ted used to get on yeah. him. He said, you got you to gotta start swinging <laughs> yeah, for some more, swing the fences more, yeah. Um, all right, uh, Nick, we're, we're already a little bit late, so I'm going to – I was giving your grades actually ahead of time today so that I could prepare for your arrival. And there are actually two that I agree with pretty much spot on, so we're not going to spend too much time on them. It's uh, the pitching and the coaching. I think I'm with you 100%, so why don't you give us those grades quickly? Uh, pitching, I gave a B. Uh, I was a good uh, – you know, Ray and, uh, and Pomerantz and – and Vargas were outstanding. I mean, I, Shields it, is still having problems uh, with the long ball. True. Now, I on mean, the whole, yeah, the staff, a 2-7-1 ERA, but they're still giving up a lot of base right. runners. It's mostly good, but and I'm good the with the The pitching staff there. had the best ERA over the last nine days of any team in Major League Baseball, well, so that's well, not I, too bad. I gave him yeah. a B. No, I'm with you on yeah, that. I'm, I'm just There's wondering nothing uh, wrong with a B. A B's fine. No. I, in high school, I would have I cut off my arm to get a <laughs> B. I'm saying when, a, you, yeah. when you beat Noah Syndergaard and you beat Jacob right. DeGrom, I mean, they had yeah. a good well, I'm just thinking maybe B+. Plus. I think they had a good okay. week. All right. Yeah, Coaching. Coaching, I, I gave uh, a B plus because uh, because unlike Scan, I think I think they should have sent the guy home yesterday. John Jay in the eighth inning. Absolutely. I, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sitting next to my son. He says, "Well, they're going to have the bases loaded, nobody out." And I said, "These are the Padres. They aren't going to score." See, that's uh, what I was talking about because everyone said the fans. It's just automatically a defeatist attitude. But why you thought maybe you hold it up because you're because. Yeah, uh, everything got, was set up to, to work out that way. Exactly. You've got a hard hit ball to a left fielder, and he's charging. He's coming on hard. The ball gets to the left fielder before your base runner has even hit third base. It's difficult to, to send that guy in that situation. Regard. I mean, if you got the seven, eight, you know, six, seven, eight guys, I mean, maybe, you know, with, with an out already, and you don't feel like somebody's going to be able to hit a sacrifice fly, but with nobody out, I'm sorry, I've got to take my chance. I can't run into an out right there. I had a premonition scan. What was they that? to score. <laughs> <laughs> and they, and you knew you had That's your, only uh, happened a few hundred times in the last We've had a clairvoyant Bill on the show. Maybe we have clairvoyant canopy now. Hit the ball somewhere. Now That's this, all I'm asking. Now this, uh, I agree with the grade, but I wanted to combat you on a story that you wrote. Let's go to the defense here. The defensive okay. grade has a been. A minus on the defense. Yeah, defense has been okay. really good. But I read your story, your column, about the shift and being very anti-shift. Right, I am. You said it's a product of the neutered sabermetricians, if I'm not mistaken, That's right? That's right. <laughs> but, so I want to ask you this, because the shift, I'm a big fan of it. I don't, I don't like it aesthetically as a fan, but if you're trying to win baseball games, it's been proven 
that it works. Well, the I'm Padres, gonna, who were terrible defensively last year, I'm not are leading the league in DRS this the, year. For using the shift. No, no, I'm, I'm okay with the grade. No, I'm okay with the grade. But in terms of the philosophy of the shift, I'm all I can tell you defense. is I would rather watch a great defensive play rob a guy of a base hit than a base hit than a than a what would have been a sure base hit being a ground ball in the short right field. I, I'm sorry, I, I don't like the shift. A lot of people do, and that's fine. I what I, would you what would you do? What would How I do, do you get rid of it? How do you, you outlaw? You just it? don't allow it. You don't allow. You you keep two people on each side of the base. You, you would actually make a rule that you Absolutely. can't do it? Isn't the best thing about baseball, though, that you can, it can last forever, you can stand wherever you want, it's a free-flowing game. Did you game. see Andy Green's quote? Did you Which see one? Andy Green's he says quote? a lot of things. Andy Green says it's, it's going to eliminate some guys from hitting 300 forever. Yeah. yeah. Sure. The bad hitter, the yeah. guy that can't control the bat. And you it's guys, gonna, it's you a, being a, a pitcher, yeah. you get guys out 70-some-odd percent of the time anyway. Yeah. No, because guys, because hitters are dumb and they're hitting into the shift as opposed to saying, "Oh, I got a big hole on well, the left you, side. Let me just you slap think, the you ball." Think to Cespedes the left side. is coming up and saying, "Well, I better, I better." No, some of those out. guys shouldn't make the adjustment, obviously. But I, I think what we see now are fewer, fewer guys that can actually handle the bat. And I think part of it is because they grew up in an era where who who've they been watching yeah, for all the previous sluggers era? and home runs, a yeah. bunch of PED guys that were getting paid to hit home runs. And I think it, it was a lost it's art a, in terms of being able to handle that. It's a cyclical sport. I think this yeah. may get kids now batting against it to combat it, and then it takes the shift away. I think it's just natural. There It'll are still couple of generations. guys out there. As oh, well. absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. All right, uh, let's go to the offense. We've got to get moving here. Uh, I, I disagree with your grade on this, but maybe not for the reason you think. What would you give the offense this week? Let's see. I think for once, Nick, I think you're too generous. I would have graded them lower because <laughs> this is a team that's still, I mean, I have all the stats here. They're striking out the most in Major League Baseball. All this great pitching is getting wasted. They only had three runs a game on average this week. They get the guys in scoring position but can't really drive them in. The average is good with runners in scoring position, but the actual runs are still low. I would have gone like a D, D-plus, I think. Well, I mean, and I took into a little bit of consideration who they were playing against. Those are some pretty good guys they were playing against. The Mets against. pitchers. Amen, Nick, yeah. Uh, one thing we failed to mention with the defense is teams leading the majors in the fewest defensive runs allowed. That's, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, no, Compared especially to last for last year. year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I look at I, I have fun watching Alexi Ramirez over at shortstop. Yeah, I mean, so I've, do had, I. I've had a great time watching him play, and we've seen Matt Kemp make some nice plays. Uh, running and out these guys, the and, well, at least two of the starting infielders out. Yep. Right, yeah, we've got to wait and see. Solarte and Spanish yeah. were coming back. But I think the offense still has a lot to be desired. I so think even a C well, is generous for them. I, well, I, I, I think C's okay because here, here's my counteract to that is basically, look, there were some clutch hits. They didn't get a ton of hits, but like you said, against some of the pitching staffs they faced in the last, especially the Mets, you know what? You come up with the base hit when you need it, and you drive a couple of runs in, even though you don't have the average. I, I thought there were some good at-bats during, during that series. Yeah, I still think they've got a lot of work to do. But oh, they have pretty good at short Yeah, but yeah. I'm just saying it wasn't all – it was the first winning week that the Padres have had since we've started this segment. So I think, yeah, they're starting to impress and you, you're Professor. you're giving them a D. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you should be ashamed. You're rubbing that. off on me now, all this negativity, this, this pessimistic wow. rating. Thank you, Nick, for swinging by. We'll see you again next week. That's brought to you by Pacifico, a rich logger born in Mazatlan, brought home by surfers, now waiting to be discovered by you. Discover Pacifico. We'll have a weather update from Wrigley Field when we come back and get you previewed for tonight's game between the Padres and the Cubs. Don't go anywhere. This is Padres Social Hour. We'll continue to get you ready for today's game with more right after this. You've got Padre Social Hour coming to you from the AMR studio inside the team store at Petco Park. 
before every game. Get your Padres talk on with us. This is Padres Social Hour. Back here in the AMR studio. All right, let's talk about tonight's game as the Padres and Cubs are just about to get underway in about 20 minutes time. And an update, uh, there's a, the tarp is now out at Wrigley Field. So if that game even starts on time, but we're taking it until we get there. And uh, if the game does get underway, it will be with Cesar Vargas against John Lester. And that takes us to our Water and Sports pitching matchup, Water and Sports Physical Therapy, the official physical therapists of the San Diego Padres. So you've got a lefty who's been doing it forever and is having an amazing season. And you've got Cesar Vargas who's come out of nowhere, still doesn't have a win, but it's only a 1.1 ERA in his first three big league games. Scan, do you see any hope in this David versus Goliath story? Oh, yeah. No, I like this whole series. The fact that you're not facing Arietta gives you a, a, you know, a prayer. Not, nice. that you, not that we back down from DeGrom or Syndergaard, as we talked about, yeah. but obviously you're not facing the toughest guy that they have. Uh, and, and Vargas has been getting the job done. It, and it remains to be seen if he goes through the league a second and a third time. But the first time through, these guys aren't figuring him out. He's throwing his cutter on, the, on both sides of the plate. He's able to throw his curveball for a strike and bounce it when he wants to. He, he's effective out there. Are you going to get deep innings out of him? Well, maybe not, but hey, get somebody on base against John Lester and force him to throw to first base and see what happens. You confident tonight, thing. Brady? I am pretty confident tonight. I think Lester's a great pitcher. I'm guessing he didn't, with a 1.58 ERA, expect to be facing someone with a lower with an ERA. Even lower one? Yeah. I mean, I know it's like you know he's got 40 innings pitch, and you know I think Vargas is maybe 16, but I I like his chances. I'm a, I'm a little bit. Uh, little bit scared of a reality check tonight yeah you know, i'm worried that the vargas yeah the <laughs> vargas pumpkin or carriage may turn into a pumpkin hopefully not tonight but i think it yeah. may be coming down the road yeah i mean bryant and rizzo like uh, yeah they uh the souvenir company they opened they've been depositing a lot of baseballs out into the stands <laughs> this year it's uh, it's going to be a test for sure for a young kid against a lineup that's that's pretty daunting um, but again, that's if the game gets started on time because that tarp is out. Yeah, it's supposed uh, to be big rain tomorrow, out, so too. I mean, yeah. this yeah. could really throw a wrench in the uh, season schedule if we yeah. lose two games. Yeah, and, and the Cubs have the off day on Thursday, so they could play the you know, extra game if they need to, but the Padres the don't. Padres don't. Luxury. Heading yeah. to Milwaukee. Yep. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, that was the uh, pitching matchup brought to you by Water and Sports Physical Therapy, San Diego's leader in aquatic and land therapy with seven convenient locations. Visit waterandsportspt.com. We have talked about the pitching, but when we come back, we'll talk about the hitting. Take a look at the lineup for tonight's game right after this on Padres Social Hour. Broadcasting from the Western Metal Supply Company building, you've got Padres Social Hour. And don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more right after this. We're talking Padres all season long. This is Padres Social Hour, coming to you from the AMR studio inside the team store. Welcome back here to Padres Social Hour. A lot of people on Twitter, Jellyman, Fryer Guy, a lot of our, uh, our longtime fans saying they're uh, hearing some audio issues, so we apologize for that if there's any blips or anything. Blame Blooper, like I said, <laughs> at the top of the show. He set it up. He now, everything it on our end uh, seems okay, so apologies if something's getting lost in the way, but, yeah, we're working on it for sure. So thanks, guys, for being there with us uh, <laughs> always. Um, all right, time now for the lineup. We're going to get to that, and it is brought to you by United Airlines, proud partner of the San Diego Padres. 
Uh, John Jay in center field. Will Myers at first. Matt Kemp in right field. Then Derek Norris hitting cleanup and catching. Melvin Upton Jr. in left. Jose Perella now up. He's playing second base. Alexei Ramirez at short. Adam Rosales at third. And Cesar Vargas gets the nod on the mound. Uh, now, Brady, because you're so bad at it, we are not doing Supercuts head-to-head -head challenge. What? Because you're so terrible. Uh, wow. No, it's, it's because Blooper's not here, and he said <laughs> he didn't want to let anyone else pick for him, so we're not doing the competition today. It doesn't matter. So Whoever, whatever apologies. was picked against me, Sorry. you would figure out a way to give it to him. Not happening. So your 0-3 your record for the season will There's have no to There's no way stand. he could fail. Look at the shirt that he has on today. I know. He's I, got I, his Tony your, Gwynn Tony Gwynn through Tony the years yeah. baseball card shirt is awesome. locked in to pick a winner today, man. Thanks, man. You get a point in the book of life for that, but in our Head-to-head -head challenge. It's I, just usually, not I mean, I had to obviously wear it for Tony's Tony's birthday, yeah. and I checked the thermometer in here, and it was rather high, so the jacket wasn't helping yeah. my, uh, my my heat situation. No, so. sun's out at least here in San Diego. Guns out, <laughs> even if it's raining out in Chicago. Uh, so that's the lineup tonight for when that game does get underway. And when we come back, we'll put the finishing touches on this episode. As again, we were hoping to take you right up to first pitch, but with the tarp out on the field, we'll see if five-hour show case. today, guys. Yeah, huh? Let's do it. Let's go. Let's yeah. it out. Yeah, I'll order the pizza. Uh, we're going to come back in a little bit to wrap things up here on this edition of Padres Social Hour. It's guys in comfy chairs talking about baseball. We call it Padres Social Hour. And we'll be back with more from the AMR studio at Petco Park. Get ready for every Padres game with us. Coming to you from inside the team store at Petco Park, this is Padres Social Hour. I mentioned at the very end of the last segment, maybe if we're here without, with all the rain delay, if we're here for five hours, like you say, Brady, we'll order some pizza, not even putting two and two together that they're in Chicago. Deep dish versus thin crust. Let's get that quick uh, argument settled. What are you guys? I crush them both. <laughs> you put a pie in front of me, I'm eating it. It, almost, it think, doesn't matter. I think when I was a kid, I was all about the deep dish. I loved it, and now in my um, old calorie counting self is like it I can have more pieces a lot easier yeah. the older you I feel like get I can have right? more pieces if it's thin crust I, I don't know if it's made well either one or both I'm I mean thin crust guy I can have like half of a deep dish slice and I feel like I want to die You just said you could have half a slice of one pe one piece like a di the deep dish like some of that <laughs> real thick you know you grow, you grow up in New York and it's all thin crust that's the way to do it so that's where my allegiance lies Yeah I'm an equal opportunity pizza eater man just put it in front of me I'm, I'm going to call you Half Slice Janela from here on out. The number of nicknames I've gotten <laughs> over the last four days, Ketchup, ketchup Boy, boy yeah. Doc, uh, Half Slice Guy, How is Deep Dish Pizza with ketchup, by the way? Is it pretty uh, good? I would never. <laughs> Give me some credit. Come on, please. Now he's in denial. Yeah. He, at least he's keeping it to himself yeah, now. Like no, okay. I still don't That's get good. it. Uh, three seasons in Chicago. You still keep any friends or any network still? Yeah, I talk to people out there. Absolutely. I had a great experience out there. It's an awesome place to play. You play day games in a beautiful ballpark. You go out at night in an awesome Awesome town, you oh, yeah. a great time. Wrigleyville, playing winning baseball, so what a concept! Yeah. I wish I was there right All now. All right, we'll see if the Padres. We'll see if the Padres can knock the Cubs off their winning ways. Game one of a three-game series is scheduled. We'll see what the rain has to say tomorrow at four o'clock. It's me, Randy Jones, and Derek Togerson. Thanks to you two guys. Thank you, Cole. We'll see Blooper back tomorrow. This is Padres Social Hour.